you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer with big design small budget here's your host betsy helmuth on wednesdays at 4 p.m eastern time i go live on facebook to share my design tips to answer your questions to talk about what's going on in my world. Well, I not only share it on Facebook, now I'm going to be sharing it on my podcast. So today you will be hearing a recording of my most recent Facebook Live. Enjoy. Hello. Hello, everybody. Happy spring. I am just feeling so much lighter and happier, even though it's still cold and rainy and snowing. Everything is great because it is officially April and I am clinging to every ray of sunshine. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're having a great week as well. It has been crazy. Yesterday, I went from a client in a huge brownstone in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, to then scouting a location in Prospect Heights, Brooklyn for my new photo shoot for my book that's coming out, the fresh edition in paperback, which is coming out in January. So I'm going back and revisiting all these amazing spaces that I've worked on years ago and getting a chance to see all these terrific clients again and asking them to be in my book. So that is a really great thing too because I put a call out on Facebook asking which of my former clients would love to be featured in my new book and so many amazing friends from the past reached out. And going back and seeing how they've lived with their design, that's truly the most rewarding part of the process is creating a design that's livable, creating a design that's timeless for my clients. So even even though I worked for them, you know, in some cases years ago, three years ago, nine years ago, they're still calling me and saying, Betsy, I love my space. Look how the pieces still look. See how it works for me even now, even though I may have moved to a new space or maybe using the rooms in different ways. So it's really exciting. And after that, I went to a startup in Chelsea to see how their project was coming along because now that we've recommended all the items, created the mood boards and the floor plans, the items have started arriving. And that's when the work begins. So even though as a designer with our firm, that's where our work ends, we tell you what to do and what to buy and you do it with our model, sometimes people find that they need extra support to get that done. So they're open to assembling the pieces, but it's all about 
those micro movements, putting the desk exactly where it goes, hanging the clock just the inch, to the inch the height that I want. Um, Even though, of course, they could follow the floor plan, they could read my notes. There's nothing like being in this space and getting a sense of it. So they just hired me to come back, not only to lay down their floor tiles, which are carpet squares, but also just to make those micro shifts that make a really big difference. So that was really fun too, because I get to see my vision come to life, which happens rarely when you work in a model like this. And then the last client I visited was on the Upper West Side. And it was a client I've been working with for 10 years on three different spaces. And she had written me, um, actually, I think I wrote her. She was in my book last time. And she's moved to a new space and used all the pieces, but in different ways. And I wanted to feature her again because she has amazing pieces, if I do say so myself. Quite a few of them she picked out all on her own. But the fusion of my ideas and her ideas in this new space is just going to make for an amazing photo shoot. So yesterday was a busy day. So today I'm playing catch up here at the office. And when you're a small firm, there's just so many different hats that you wear. So this morning I was with a client picking up paint colors and she said, Betsy, you have the best job. It's so much fun. And while she's totally right, I have the best job. It is so much fun. Also, there's a lot of different roles behind the scenes. You know, we answer phones, we book clients, we take care of customer issues, we order items for clients, we take care of returns. So it's a never ending bag of fun. And uh, we take calls. I just got a call that came in, but I'm going to put that on airplane mode so I can answer your questions. Because um, with this whirlwind of activity we have going on, producing the new book, taking care of our clients, managing spring break vacations, with all of that going on, we are still taking time to dig in our mailbag and answer your questions, which is actually one of my favorite parts of the whole week. So definitely, if you're watching us live, don't hesitate to type your question in. I can't wait to answer it and help you out. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to go to the people who have emailed me at Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com to get their questions answered. So let me reach in. Let me see what's going on here. Oh, my first question came from Facebook, but they wrote it in a comment on one of our posts. They wrote, Betsy, do you have any good gray paint recommendations? I feel like light gray is in. Any brands or colors that are good for a modern look from Zora? Yes, Zora, I was just discussing with my client today, gray. So gray as a paint color is best if you have a more modern aesthetic. If your aesthetic is more traditional or transitional, then you might want to go for a grayish, which is a slightly warmer version of gray. It has a little bit of brown or tan in it. But in your case, you were asking about true gray. So I'm going to tell you about true gray. But before I do, let me tell you that the only brand of paint I work with is Benjamin Moore. The reason is because that's readily available in nearly every area and most contractors use Benjamin Moore. So it's just a common language that we can dive right in, discuss the same colors, and we all know what we're talking about. Whereas if I was dealing exclusively with Sherwin-Williams or a Bear or one of the other paint colors from one of the other stores, well, it wouldn't immediately be recognizable to everyone and then some of my clients wouldn't be able to just hand that list to their contractors. So Benjamin Moore is the easiest to work with. It's the most highly translatable through all the different design and home building fields. That being said, 
my list of perfect grays from Benjamin Moore. Let me start with the very lightest. So the very lightest, a color that's perfect for bathrooms or places that feel pretty dark, or if you just wanted the subtlest touch of color, would be silver satin, or I also like horizon. If you're wanting to go a little bit darker, if you're thinking about maybe a light-colored gray cabinet or walls that are a touch more saturated, you may want to look at something like cement gray or platinum. There's also winter solstice. I'm just looking at my notes here. Oh, I do love Stonington gray. That has just a touch more personality, which is amazing for a den or even for a dining room. Uh, yeah, so those are my main picks for a light gray. Now, if we wanted to go deep gray, like the base of an island or um, bottom cabinets in a kitchen, or if you wanted to do trim with light colored walls, well, then you'd do a deep, high contrast gray. And we'd be looking at something like steel wool or Amherst gray or Chelsea gray or Kindle charcoal. These are all really good choices. And when I'm selecting colors from Benjamin Moore, if I'm feeling stuck or if I'm feeling overwhelmed by the wide range of options, then I will go to three sections specifically. The first section when I'm looking for grays is OC, off-white colors. Those are going to be those paler, subtler grays like Horizon and Silver Satin. You're also going to find a wide range of grayages there, my personal favorite being Pale Oak, which in a lot of lights can read True Gray and in some lights can read a tan. That's what I have my living room and hallway and um, kitchen in. Oh, the other two lines that I like are AC, which is another section of the paint fan that has been selected by building professionals as some of their favorite colors. But if you really got down to it, my absolute favorite part of the fan deck is HC. HC stands for historical colors. And the reason I love historical colors is because they've been around for centuries. Uh, and they're inspired by deep, rich palettes that aren't trendy, that feel really timeless. So there we go. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and the Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. I have some live questions that have come in, so I can't wait to get to those. Oh, Zora, Zora, did you see that I just posted your answer? So, um... 
let's see, I'm reading your new question. Specifically, what do I do with wall color? How do I make the space feel brighter? Gray is in right, especially for the den. Yes, so you'll go back and listen to the beginning of this, Sora, because it looks like you missed my answer. But go back because you will hear what I was thinking. And then you're mentioning that the den has wood beams and a lodge-like feel with brownstone fireplace. So if you have a very modern aesthetic, I would pair that with a cool gray that would tone down that warm wood and tone down that warm fireplace. But if you have a more transitional aesthetic, you may want to just keep that warm going with that gray beige that I was talking about, or you could even pair it with a color. I was talking with my client today who also happens to be a real estate agent. She was saying, Betsy, I know what you're going to tell me about gray. You're going to tell me it's very trendy. And it is trendy. I do think that gray is not going to be as popular as it is now in five years. That being said, gray is classic and timeless. It's not like teal, which I do feel like has had its day, or other colors which are really hot and then seem to fizzle. If you attach yourself to a neutral, it's not really going to go out of style. It's just not going to be quite as in. And I do think that gray cabinets are having kind of a moment that may not last forever. So there we go, Zora. I'm all in favor of you sticking with the gray. Check out the ones I listed at the beginning of the show. Heather has a question for me. Hi, Betsy. We have a baby due in August. I've been looking up ideas for the nursery in advance to share with Allison, and I have gotten stuck on neutral designs. Lots of grays and such. Any advice on decorating a nursery? Yes. So it depends. Some people want their nursery to be unisex. And when you're designing a unisex nursery, as I have found, it's super challenging. Because there's only a few themes you can do that don't feel sold out. Um, And there's only a few color palettes you can explore. Because, of course, we want to keep that unisex feel. So that generally pairs. People generally do gray. Or if they have a more traditional aesthetic, they'll do a warm cream as their neutral foundation. And then they'll layer it with a muted yellow, a muted teal, That's kind of the accent color. Or sometimes people aren't using any color at all. They're keeping it very neutral. But the problem with doing that, the problem with keeping it so neutral that you don't invite any other colors, is that that's not actually how a child lives. Child's toys are in a wide range of colors, even starting from a young baby. In fact, when you're a young baby, contrast is king. You can't really discern the different subtle colors. So you're seeing black, you're seeing white, you're seeing dark, you're seeing light, but you're not seeing all those, if you will, shades of gray. So a more stimulating room would tend to have that contrast, but most of my clients when they're decorating these neutral nurseries want to do so because it's so muted. So already right there, I feel that sort of push-pull. So I need to know more, Heather. Is this a unisex nursery or do you know the sex of your child and you're willing to decorate with that focus? Um, One of my favorite themes for a unisex nursery or that works well is like stars, moons, celestial kind of things because there's lots of options for that that can feel anywhere from playful to sophisticated. I also like the international baby idea. So using maps, using textures that are woven, using tribal patterns, ecats, um, 
medallions on the drapes, these different things that feel a little bit bohemian or a little bit international translate well whether you're doing a brightly colored room or that more neutral muted room. So there's just a little jumping off point for you, Heather, and now let me know more and I can guide you more specifically. My next question came from Jamie. Jamie, thanks for joining me today. Let's see what you have here. Hi, Betsy. We are finishing out our basement, which will be a large entertainment area. We have three zones, with the first at the bottom of the stairs being a reading area with the fireplace. It moves into the movie lounge, and in the back is the bar. Should I keep these areas the same, continuous color, or should I separate them out? It's a darker basement with small windows and can lights. Should I dress the small windows, which are the odd concrete basement types oh i'm sorry old concrete casement type okay good so unless the rooms are physically separated by some kind of bump out or a wall with a door or a wall with an opening unless they are defined individually architecturally with a beam or something like that or a piece of trim that delineates one space from the other you should paint it all the same because it sounds like to me it's an open concept layout and there wouldn't be that architectural shift or definition from one space to the next. So let's paint it all the same. The next thing that you can do to help define the zones is you can lay area rugs, large area rugs that will clearly delineate one space as separate from the next. So under that movie entertaining zone, you do a nice big rug under the sectional, maybe also under that accent recliner. In the reading area by the fireplace, you do a nice big rug that's under that reading chair, under the ottoman, in front of the bookcase. And then in that last area, which was the bar, you can maybe keep that without a rug. You know, maybe that is the one space that's defined by not having a rug. Or if it's more of a homey bar than a purely functional one, maybe it has a rug. But maybe that's in front of the bar rather than underneath it. So there we go. Now, in terms of the old casement windows, I'm imagining that those are the small ones that have a good four to five feet below them. That would look a little bit goofy to dress with a drape just because you're going to have so much wall or sheetrock below that small high window. So I would just leave it open or decorate it with a very minimal blind, but I think a drape that goes all the way to the floor is going to emphasize the issue that the window is so small rather than highlighting it and making it a feature. Okay, I have a question from Rachel. Rachel, asks me, hi Betsy, what are some good sources for inexpensive down alternative inserts? Oh, for the duvet. Okay, because I had some pillow options. Well, I would Google down alternative duvet inserts because I don't generally recommend someone's duvet insert while I do recommend pillow inserts all the time. So if you're looking for a good pillow insert, you're going to want to look at Crate and Barrel and West Elm. They're constantly having sales on their inserts and the prices are already good to begin with. And that's kind of shocking because I think of those two places generally as a place that are a little bit more expensive. Now I do love duvet inserts from the company store. I also really love ones that can be found at Bed Bath & Beyond or Overstock. They offer such a wide selection that they have, you know, lots of different options for you to choose from, but also so many people go to those sites that there's a ton of reviews that I can lean on to ensure that I'm getting a good product. So that's where I go for my personal duvet inserts, even though I don't really buy too many for my clients. 
All right. Oh, Heather, you've got some follow-up to your nursery question. We find out the baby gender next week, and I've actually been loving the stars and moon type theme on Pinterest. We want to bring in colors that are boy-like or girl-like. What pieces of furniture do you see as crucial in the nursery? How do you decorate differently for a nursery versus other rooms in the home? Okay, so the pieces that are crucial in a nursery are a crib, a changing table, a diaper genie or some sort of hamper of some sort, and a dresser. Those are the crucial pieces. I also feel a fourth piece, which is display, right? Like some kind of shelving that can ultimately hold books or picture frames or little what, what was that when people used to metallically dip their booties? What was that called? I don't remember. But anyway, so people used to put that on the shelves. I think that's a little bit of a dated trend now. But something that would not only have display, but also maybe some storage. So I do love those bookcases that have cabinets at the bottom. Now, there are some pieces that I find to be optional. I find that a lot of times nurseries are small and they can't accommodate a glider. A lot of new moms think that they must have a glider. And if that's a part of your dream for your baby experience, then I think you should make it come true. But when I speak to a lot of moms, I find that those who especially spent a lot of money on their gliders, because gliders can be ridiculously expensive, easily $1,000. And you're only using it for a short time because it does look like a nursery glider. It's not a piece that can easily trans with, tran excuse me, transition with you to a different room. Um, and they tend to get pretty gross if you are using them a lot. So you wouldn't want to keep them around because they're going to have spilled formula and milk and poo stains and all these other fun things that are going to happen with your new baby, Heather, just a sneak preview. So I don't feel like a glider is a must, especially because with a glider, you need an ottoman and that makes the area much bigger. And then if you don't need an ottoman, you need a recliner glider, which then is going to hit the wall unless you push it out and give it a lot of room. So there's pros and cons and you don't want too much stuff because when your baby can crawl, if you have a floor lamp, they're going to, of course, swing it and knock it over. You're going to have to anchor all the pieces of furniture to the wall. So you want to keep it at that minimum. So the minimum being the crib, the changer, the dresser, and of course the hamper or diaper genie slash whatever. Um... And I like to make the changer the combo with the dresser. So you can buy the dressers now that have that wooden changer holder on top. And you just unscrew that changer holder when you're done with the changing component and you have a perfectly usable dresser. So those are the staples. Um, the thing to keep in mind is that your kids' toys are going to be colorful. Because a lot of my clients are in denial and they think that they'll be able to keep up this all gray room that they've seen on Pinterest for the whole kid's life. But your kid is going to have Fisher-Price and it's going to be every color in the rainbow and it's going to stick out like a sore thumb against that pale gray backdrop. In terms of colors that would be typically feminine, well, like I said, I love teal for boy or girl. And... I love like a blush pink rather than a bubblegum pink for a girl. I love an icy lavender versus a strong lilac for a girl. For a boy, I like a powder blue versus a strong baby blue. I like um, a muted yellow. I like a kind of dirty teal. So there's some options there. But hopefully that helped. And actually, Hi. I have someone stopping by my storefront right now, and we're a little over time. So I'm going to hop off of our Facebook Live today. But it was so great of you guys to join me. Thank you for writing in. I loved your questions. Keep them coming. I will be back next week to answer even more of your questions. Bye. 
you've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.